this topic was kind of on my heart and mind for months when I told Cal I'd give a talk. Uh, and what time is of the essence is, it's related to a legal term, and if you've ever done any legal documents, you know the lawyers put it all over there on pretty much every subchapter and so forth. Uh, the only hesitation I had after I finished putting my uh, program together was that I ran out of time to get all my slides put together. And the, the reason we have what we do have is my son Lee did all this. So, so I'm, I'm going to change this to Fear Versus Faith. It's a little better, better title, I think, appropriate in that regard. But I give Lee all the credit for putting this together because it would have taken me lots more time than I had. So my apologies on that part. But the key reasons I think we all need to be optimistic about the current time we live in and the future is our kids and grandkids. I mean, I've got, just to put in a plug for mine, but Andrew being Lee's, uh, Ann's son, he's my oldest grandson, um, 15, he's taller than I am, uh, but the kid has a strong heart. And then there's Isaiah, and there's treasured moments you have with those kids. This was last Saturday with them, just waking up slowly. Um, and then lastly is little Alice. You saw a picture of her in the last talk I had. She's giving hugs now. So, I mean, that's a treasured moment when you have that unconditional love that comes forth from these kids. These little, they're bundles of joy and you recognize, of course, life is not going to be certain for them. There's no guarantees. There's all kinds of trials and tribulations ahead of them. But, but nonetheless, that is the... Uh, ultimate point as a grandparent to be able to enjoy and watch them in their future growth. But so, uh, with that being said, um, a question that many people have today is what is the world coming to? And I'll read a short excerpt here. <clears throat> many people are asking are we moving toward the end of the world? Are we moving toward the end of the age? Those questions are haunting people everywhere today. We see the news and we ask the question, what is the world coming to? Millions of people all over the world are desperate to know what the future holds. In the midst of the pessimism, the gloom, and the frustration of this present hour, there is one hope, the promise of Christ. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Jesus died upon the cross, rose again from the dead, and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And the next great event is his return. That is the hope of the church and the hope of the Christian believer. And without hope, our world could not go on. A great theologian in Switzerland once said, What oxygen is to the lungs, such is hope for the meaning of life. That was Billy Graham giving a talk on April 17, 1983. So, um, the years change, the time goes on, but uh, more or less most of the events or the conflicts we run into, really the names may change, but the substance really doesn't. Um, so then, how now should we live? And I'd like to read from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. Because uh, there is hope 
but the hope has to be in Christ. It can't be in possessions. It can't be in uh, skills, talents, or whatever. If you if you go forth without that integrated internal hope, I as a person don't know how you can succeed in this world. Um, the whole armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To the end, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making the supplication for all the saints. So, that being said, and I know this is not new uh, scripture verses for most of us, but uh, I want to pick up three things on that uh, whole armor of God. You don't go out partly closed when we go out in public, and the same with our spiritual sense. We need to consider, I think, today as well as each and every day we have in our lives to, to be fully covered by not just the Spirit. The shoes of the gospel, well, the shoes in the armor of God, the shoes of the gospel. In the Roman army, the shoes had nails that went through the soles. The purpose of that was they could grip like a spike for track, they could grip the ground, but they were also made so they couldn't back up. And if they wanted to go rearward, they had to turn around. There was no armor on their back. They were just exposing themselves to whatever danger was out there. So it was forward only with the way it was skilled or meant to be. Um, and you take that kind of, when we think of our shoes, but it was a weapon that they used that was very appropriate when the Roman legions were in battle. The helmet of salvation, if, oh back, I'll change that, I'll skip to the shield of faith. The shield of faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And as a protector, it's not an offensive weapon, it's strictly a defensive weapon to keep you from receiving any harm that's directed at you. Um, and their shields were effective in that when they were linked together. And that is using the concept of one another. A single soldier, good luck, unless you're Samson. But on the other hand, when you put 10,000 of them together, you band together, you use the one another concept, as in this video or slide, thanks to me. Um, it becomes um, a, a movable force, let me say that. So the purpose of the 
full armor of God. Now I'll repeat this again. is So that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil and be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. I mean, over and over it says stand. It doesn't say fall. It doesn't say falter. It says to stand, which is a public uh, effort, but it keeps you also in the visible spectrum. And that's part of our Christian witness, is not to succumb or to be defeated by whatever events or circumstances throw at us. Um, and the one another is a uh, verse in the Bible. It's used 59 times in the New Testament. And I'd like to read a few of those. Um, I'm going to skip the ones regarding the holy kisses. Um, this is to your wife. I'm thinking that. but um, So 59 one another's. Be at peace with each other. Love one another. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. Instruct one another. Carry each other's burdens. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Teach one another. Encourage one another. And pray for each other. Um, Andy Stanley said, the primary activity of the church was one anothering one another. And he also said, when everyone is sitting in rows, you can't do any one another's, which I'm grateful for Hillsview for the tables. I mean, that's where we started. That's what we began with. And um, I mean, those of us who have grown up in churches that are more oh, higher in the sense of regiment, regimented services, we sit in rows and you pretty much sit in the same row in the same place every Sunday. And you may know the person ahead, the side, but you don't know who's in the next row, of course. It, it complicates being in fellowship with each other. Um, so I want to take a little aside here and speak to the one another. Okay, excuse me. This is a picture of Sutherland Springs First Baptist Church. Excuse me for a minute. Okay, on November 5th, 2017, November 5th, 2017, 27 people, including the shooter, were killed that day in that church. 20 more were injured. And why I bring this up is further deaths were averted by one another. This shooter had ordered two 100-round magazines and had not gotten them before this day. And he was going up and down the aisles, which were in rows, and shooting people and continuing to shoot those that hadn't been killed, except for this one another. Stephen Williford. His daughter had heard shots, and he lived down the street from where the church was. And he wasn't attending that church at that time. But she came and woke him up and said that she heard gunfire. 
And he ran out and heard it, ran back, got his AR-15 and some magazines and some bullets and was loading the magazines as he's running. Barefoot to the church. And he yells out, Hey! When he's outside, not in the church, but outside the door. The shooter, people who were still alive in the church, said when they heard him yell, the shooter stopped and ran out the door. To which he fired twice, hit him with his body armor, in the body armor, didn't damage him, or to the point of causing him to uh, be put down, and then he ran towards his truck, and as he turned sideways, he put two more rounds in his side. He got in the truck and took off. Still had lots of ammunition unused on him, so none of those people would have lived, except for this one man. Um, the shooter, Devin Kelly, had been at this church. His mother-in-law went to the church, which is what his purpose of going there that day was to try to find her, and his intention had to have been to kill her, although we don't know that for a fact. But he was at a festival at this same church on October 31st, just four days earlier. He was wearing all black, acting strangely. Members of the church went up to him and did check him for a firearm that time. But whatever happened that Sunday, nobody could have stopped him. He went in pretty much probably guns blazing as best as I know it. Um, the key concept here is would a shield of faith save those people? Not that it could have. Bullets go through pretty much anything. But having Christ in your heart save them for their eternity. Um, and the 20 people who survived, some are paralyzed. There's an unborn baby killed in that number of 27, and um, it's just uh, heart-rendering to think of people in this little community church and what went on that day, and uh, pray that that is avoided in each and every time we have a service or a gathering in our church here. Um, Instead of fear versus faith, now it's faith over fear. And that becomes the shield of faith again. And the helmet of salvation is Jesus Christ. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So, with that said, I'm going to diverge just a little bit into a Stop. Now I might have some trouble. At least not here, because we did check the sound. But <clears throat> okay, so I'll try to get this up because this is uh, a key element. Um, 
But on a medical note, I want to revisit the subject of maintaining a healthy gut, which means healthy mouth, healthy intestines, stomach, etc., which is, I've, I've talked somewhat at length the last couple times I've been up here, but if your digestive system's functioning optimally, and we're not just talking passive, we're talking at, at its maximum efficiency, what it does is it supports your immune system. About 80% of your immune system actually comes from the intestinal lining and the microflora, the extra symbiotic bacteria, all these things that help produce your health. And it comes naturally in the sense that it's nothing you can do or take about it. Uh, studies have shown that with this latest issue with COVID, if you have a healthy, normal functioning gut digestive system, you have less risk of COVID or less of the severe complications of COVID. I mean, that's been shown to be this last year. And it goes hand in hand with almost any illness on down the line from that standpoint. Um, so don't take that, the best I can say is not to preach, but don't take that for granted. I mean, these days, don't trust in a medication and don't trust in a possible surgery outcome if something goes off base, off track for you. Try to be focused on keeping yourself at a positive, optimum level because the illnesses we're faced with and not just what happened last year, but the more that are likely coming, you, you've got to have that sense of protection. So with that said, I want to talk about the ninth leading cause of death in South Dakota. There's a little quiz that goes with this. Um, it, it's also the leading cause of death in hospitals. 1.7 million people are diagnosed with this each year in the United States. 270,000 people die from it each year. 75,000 children develop this each year. And 6,800, these are averages, die from it each year. It's the number one cost of hospitalization in the United States, approximately $62 billion per year. More than 34% of American adults have never heard of it. It's called sepsis. So here's, here's my quiz. Who knows, has heard of or knows what sepsis is or experienced it? Okay. Um, the, the case in point is you have stages. Sepsis means infection. If you don't get it treated early or be attentive to it, and I have a handout for you here as well, then you progress to severe sepsis, which means you're in ICU and you're going to be there a while. Um, if you are in ICU and it turns south on you, you get what's called septic shock. And 30 to 40 percent of people don't walk out of the hospital with that. They die. My name is Gary Miracle. On New Year's Eve 2019, I was airlifted to a hospital in Orlando, Florida. And I fell into septic shock, and 107 days later, I came out of the hospital, and I had lost all four of my limbs. Today, it all begins. I'm seeing my life for the very first time. Through a different lens Yesterday I didn't understand Driving 35 with a rocket inside 
video to watch. I've probably seen it 30 times. But so the reason I showed that, a key reason was one another. I mean, from the hospital staff to his family to friends to Mercy Me to all the other people involved with encouraging him and excuse me, loving on him and uh, just giving him that little bit of 
nudge to, to keep fighting. 50% of people who survive septic shock have, it's not just PTSD because you've lost so much of your life, what existed before, that it's, it's, it affects them just in a way that uh, alters their purpose, their hope, and, and everything else. So even surviving this is something that you will struggle with, odds are, for most of your life. With, without Christ as the center, Christ as the hope, and the spirit to just guide you through all those rough times. Um, in that regard. So I, the reason I brought the video up was both to address the severity of septic shock and the concept of sepsis. I had a friend back in January of 2020, was at a men's group, Hill City, left there at night in the dark, went home, drove home, got out of his car and walked a few feet and fell into a snowbank. Friends followed him home got 911 called and got him to the hospital, but it was septic, uh, not septic shock because he didn't lose any appendages or he got recovered from it, but it's still affecting him. Uh, patient, not to break HIPAA, a few weeks back had a pain in his leg and I said, well, the joint, is it your knee? Went to the doctor and he's been in the hospital for three weeks with sepsis. Uh, wife was watching a video. This person's from Hawaii, native Hawaiian. She had, and they're, they're expecting this there because they get even a scrape. An abrasion on her finger is all she had. And she started looking at it, went to the doctor three days later, and she lost most of her fingers from sepsis. And they're aware of it there, so they pay way close attention to it, far more than I think we do in our country at large. So um, key thing is... Um, to kind of summarize everything from the armor of God to the one another to the uh, bonding with one another. Uh, today, we've got to be far more proactive in our health. I mean, it is essential, list number one, after relationship with, well, I should say Christ and your family, and then protecting, preserving, promoting the best health you can. Uh, your faith goes as well with that, and then loving one another. Because without each other, no man is an island. So, and that's kind of not to preach. I'm just speaking from the heart. So, thank you. And I'd, I'd recommend get a handout. So I didn't hand them out early because I wanted to kind of, oops, get around my other way around. All right. Oh, I knew that would go. That loop almost got gotcha. you. At least take a look. There's, there's four things here that go with this. Oh, thank you. And symptoms of septus, sepsis, which is same as septicemia, but they don't use that word anymore. Temperature. Okay. If your temperature is higher or lower than normal, if you have infection that you're aware of, that you know of, women are more affected than men, so for wives, for daughters, for, for people, UTIs is all it takes to drop someone into this category, and women are prone to that. Mental decline, I can't be, you know, at my age, not that I'm losing it, but if you're confused, sleepy, difficult to rouse, you're sleepier, and then if you feel extremely ill, 
severe pain, like my patient with his leg, uh, shortness of breath, anything that's different than what you know, uh, highly recommended to both be aware and maybe visit the doctor. Because even when you have it, they aren't able to always pinpoint that that's what it is. Hopefully your doctor would be considering that as an option and, and keep you close at hand because time, an hour of this illness taking more hold of your body, you have an 8% greater chance of going from sepsis to severe to shock. I mean, it's it can move fast. So that's worth keeping on your radar. So 